community. I hope you're having a great day and happy St. Patrick's Day. My name is Jennifer Olson, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy Barrientos, Danielle Saldana, and Luz Arbello. Today we're going to talk about and discuss race, the AP style guide, as well as other media style guides. Last year was a historic year for many reasons, and today we are going to discuss the impact of one of them. It started with the tragic death of George Floyd, which turned into an outpouring of support and awareness for racism in this country. This has prompted many institutions and businesses to reassess their practices, rules, and guidelines. The Associated Press, according to the AP News, changed its writing style guide last summer to capitalize the B in the term black when referring to people in a racial, ethnic, or cultural context, weighing in on a hotly debated issue. They said that the change conveys an essential and shared sense of history, identity, and community among people who identify as black, including those in the African diaspora and within Africa. Now, after that, um, there was a debate and a question about whether or not the AP um, style guide would decide to capitalize the W in white. After about a month, according to Cody Weissner, the AP decided that the the word white would stay lowercase. And of course, that sparked huge discussions and controversy on social media. So we are going to discuss today the AP style guide as well as other style guides in use, as I mentioned earlier and the choices made by the AP and those other style guides. So just to give you guys a little reminder, or for those of you who aren't familiar with the AP style guide, Jeremy's going to give you a brief rundown. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, according to the Purdue Online Rack Writing Lab, the AP style or Associated Press style book provides guidelines for news writing. The majority of newspapers, magazines, and public relation offices in the United States use the AP style. It provides consistent guidelines concerning grammar, spelling, punctuation, and language usage. They also aim to avoid stereotypes and intentionally offensive language. The four guiding principles of the AP style consist of clarity, accuracy, brevity, and consistency. So now that we know a little bit about what that is, we're gonna start into our first discussion. So first off, the AP style is still the standard to teach in undergraduate journalism and meeting writing courses, typically to the exclusion of other style guides. Do you agree that AP style should still be taught as a major focus in media writing and journal journalism classes? Um, I feel that although AP style is the norm for everyone, some things do need to change now. All topics are becoming more sensitive, and that is why I feel the Conscious Style Guide is a better choice and what media writing and journalism classes should shift their focus to. I also believe the Diversity Style Guide is especially important right now with everything that is going on, as y'all have mentioned. However, in a way, um, the two do go hand in hand, the conscious and diversity style guide. 
So defining the diversity style guide, uh, it covers the complex and multicultural world with accuracy, authority, and sensitivity, and includes terms related to race, religion, sexual orientation, drugs and alcohol, and disabilities. The Conscious Style Guide takes all of those things into account, making sure the language is inclusive, empowering, and respectful, which is important when trying to connect to your audience as a writer. If it was at all possible, I think it would be ideal to still use the AP style since it is so familiar to everyone, but to also complement that with the Conscious Style Guide, as Jennifer had mentioned, and I think that more writers will be able to better connect with their audience and pretty much not offend anyone in the process. Great, Danielle. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, I agree with um, Bruce and I kind of just was not leaning towards the same way, but also thinking in a different perspective. Um, although I feel like the AP style, yes, it's very common and it should be a major focus in media um, and, you know, learning, writing, journalism, things like that. For the same reason as Luz mentioned towards the end, it I feel like when you don't incorporate things like that, it it's like the di- diversity, it's, it lacks it or you experience, you know, hate or there's some things that are like, I guess it's like a you kind of receive like a backlash for certain things that can be said if you don't know the AP style the right way or you know you don't focus on the AP style and you're just you know freely lancing and your punctuation or your grammar or your spelling and it's crazy to think actually how how much we focus on on the style of the way we write things or you or type things and it just at some point it'll end up backlashing you. So I do feel like it is a major focus that we need to take. Um, Just as it's been around for a while as I feel that, you know, why now just start going down and um, forgetting about it and just creating, you know, this like unjust, you know, diversity thing system. Yeah, I I totally agree. I, similar to you, um, I think that it is still a major part, and I think it should still be a major focus um, to be taught, because personally, I I like rules, I like a guideline, and the AP Style Guide has over 5,000 entries in um, into it, so they're, they're constantly changing, they're constantly adding, as we saw this summer. So they are changing with the world and the way that, you know, things need to change. But I think that it's also important to put a significant focus, if not the major focus, on guides like the Conscious Style Guide. According to the Conscious Style Guide's website, their goal is to help writers and editors think critically about using their writing and language to empower rather than limit. And their focus is on language that stems from critical thinking and compassion that is used skillfully in a specific context. So if you combine that style guide with the AP style guide, I think of the conscious style guide as a guide that helps you with your actual writing, the actual 
information and the way that it's written to make sure that it's guided properly and that you're critically thinking about your um, what you're writing. Whereas the AP style guide is more, as Jeremy mentioned earlier, it's the grammar, it's your punctuation, it's your capitalizations, which of course are significant when used, uh, like we're discuss- we'll be discussing later, capitalizing the B in black. Those type of changes are important to our society as we try to better our society. So I definitely think that it needs to be the major one because you know we need to know how to write our sentences properly and punctuate our sentences properly and have those type of guidelines. But I also think we need to know or at least be inspired on how to think critically and analyze the information that we're given um, in a way that is both, as they mentioned, compassionate and knowledgeable when we're writing. So I think it needs to be a combination of the both, of the two of them, or of like the diversity style guide as well um, in that. Yeah, and so I, I agree that the uh, the AP style should still be taught as a major focus in media writing and journalism classes, uh, just for the mere fact that it sets a foundation for all media and journalistic writers today. Um, since 1846, the Associated Press has been the trusted, undisputed source for news, delivering fast, unbiased news globally to all media platforms and formats. You know, like we said earlier, news agencies, reporters, journalists, and even public relations specialists all use the AP style guide to keep their grammar, capitalization, and punctuation style consistent. But keeping grammar consistent usually lends credibility to your writing. And if you're not writing in the same style as most major news outlets, then readers are left to wonder if the news you're reporting on or writing about is accurate or trustworthy. Uh, How many times have you read an article online and you immediately dismissed it due to terrible grammar, uh, spelling, or inconsistencies and and mistakes like that? Um, In my first semester here at the University of Houston downtown, I became a contributing writer for The Dateline, which is a student-run newspaper here on campus. Uh, All of my editors are constantly reminding us to follow the AP style, um, and if we're familiar with it, they ask. As a writer, most editors will not even let you submit a piece if it does not follow the AP style. So accuracy is essential if you want your article published. Um, I I own a copy of the 2019 Associated Press style book, and in the foreword, written by the president and chief executive officer, Gary Pruitt, it reads that, Today's style book still outlines basic rules on grammar, punctuation, usage, and journalistic style, but it also reflects the changes in common language, offers guidance on media law, and explains AP's news values and principles, and helps to navigate the ever-changing world of social media. So they they always do try to change, um, and it's something that I think all writers could and should benefit from. Um, Now that a lot has happened between 2019 and now, so I think we'll cover more of those issues uh, with the second question, so. Yeah, definitely. And as we go into the second question, I think we we all had really good, really good uh, discussions with that. I found it very interesting uh, to hear everyone's points of view. Going into that second question, leading up to this first podcast, we read and listened to material about the um, changes that the AP style guide made last summer, uh, regarding 
the capitalization of the B in black. Um, so were you guys aware of the controversy, controversy over whether to capitalize black and white? And how do you feel about the decisions made by AP and other style guys? And what would you choose to do if you were in charge of the AP? So before going over the assigned material for the class in weeks two to five, I was not aware of the controversy at all and I never even read about it to be honest and um, I didn't realize it was such a big issue um, whether it capitalized B in black and W in white. So the AP style guy deciding to not capitalize white to quote not encourage white supremacists is a decision that I could understand, I guess, at the time, especially with the past president that was in office and all the racial prejudice going on. Um, but like I said, I understand the decision made. However, I do not fully agree with it. I believe it is not only easier, but fair and would cause less controversy if both black and white were capitalized. and. I mean, not only black and white, but brown as well, considering me personally being a brown person myself, um, I think that's important to mention as well. If I was in charge of, the, of AP, I would capitalize all three, black, white, and brown, because all three are a culture, but in their own way. Each share commodities, historical and discriminations. Um, and also the fact that the Chicago Style Guide, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, and the Diversity Style Guide, and also lastly, the Conscious Style Guide all capitalize both black and white. Kind of says a lot, especially for them being more cons consciously aware of their audience and they all those style guys focus specifically on inclusive languages for all. So. Um, so when I came across week two to five, I personally also did not know about the whole um, capitalization in B or the W. Um, it was something new to me and it honestly just really shocks me because it's something that you don't see anybody talking about and then you come across all these you know events and black brown white events that occur by the color of your skin and you come and you think about the way you write it is also an issue so i also agree with those i don't um agree with the way that a the ap style is taking the decision to not do that um instead of i feel like instead of fixing an issue that can be fixed it's not getting done and um as as mentioned by luz as well it's it's important to to all races brown black white um it just becomes something ideal and um visible for all of us and as mentioned in the in the washington post i feel like it's one way of remarking a race you know through spelling and it's more it's a deeper meaning and a deeper thought than what it what it seems to be 
Um, so I feel like, you know, when when you think about these things and it comes back to writing, reading, or, you know, visualizing these uh, capitalizations, it just comes to show, I guess, what, you know, what you're trying to throw across or um, things like that. And so the last, to answer the last question of this um answer the last question and question number two is what would what would you do if you were in charge of the AP I would equal it all brown black white capitalize it all and just you know make it equal and just yeah just make it equal and make sure that it's something that we we can prevent for sure yeah I uh like both of you I did not know or was aware of this controversy. I did not even know that it had occurred, that the change had occurred between all of these style guides. Because there was, uh, I believe on the article I read by Cody Weissner, there was almost a dozen that changed their um, their style guides to capitalize the B in black. And it's, I agree in part with what the AP did uh, to capitalize the B. I think that that was necessary and their justification and their explanation on it uh, referring to like culture and you know identity. I think that yes, it, um, it needed to be done and that was the correct decision. It was uh, probably long overdue. Um, I know personally, I, you know, whenever you wrote you know, whenever you write a sentence and you're, you know, describing race and you're describing people and you say black and white, you know, trying to capitalize one, it just, you know, I always left them the same. I didn't want one to seem different from the other. I wanted, you know, everyone to be equal. So I think in a way things should be equal. I think, um, I guess if I was in charge, I would ideally capitalize everything. And I definitely, um, agree with, uh, both of you ladies capitalizing Brown, um, I think that that should be as well because that's an identity that many people, um, you know, identify with. I did in the article by Cody Weissner, one of his things that he remarked on was the worry on capitalizing white. And I think that justifies some of their decisions uh, by the AP on how, what is white culture was one of, I think his headlines in that article. And, you know, he tried describing it, you know, is it people who love Starbucks? Is it people who, you know, watch Friends all the time, which I'm a big Friends fan, by the way. But it's, um, you know, it made me question my decision and, you know, or my initial thought. And, you know, there was also the worry, you know, who, what is white culture? Will it, will that just be taken over by white supremacists? And he had a piece a little blurb in his article from a flyer that circulated in a community and it was almost obscene the way that they capitalized white um, for racist reasons and it makes the decision that they made very difficult so in light of those things and in light of reading that article I would likely say if I was in charge of the AP I would have not capitalized white 
in worry of those type of individuals taking it over and using it for the wrong reasons. But I would definitely also capitalize Brown. Um, but then, you see, like I said, difficult question because those same people may take advantage of those capitalizations. It's a very tough question, but I probably, I would still agree with their um, decisions to keep white lowercase. Yeah, and, and like, like everyone in the group, uh, honestly, I was not aware of the controversy about whether to capitalize black and white. Uh, if I did see it and I did read it somewhere, I probably thought it was a typo. Uh, it wasn't until this class that I read the articles assigned to us that I was able to educate myself on the subject. Uh, like I said earlier, I own a copy of the 2019 Associated Press style book. And in that edition, they had only just added a section for race-related coverage, uh, which begins, and I quote, uh, reporting and writing about issues involving race calls for thoughtful consideration, precise language, and an openness to discussion with others of diverse backgrounds about how to frame coverage or what language is appropriate, accurate, and fair. I mean, since then, they've decided to capitalize black and keep white lowercase. I know and appreciate the lengths that the media and the news sources are taking uh, to bring awareness to the accuracy and fairness of the issue. I feel the efforts and, deci and decisions made by the Associated Press and other style guides are headed in the right direction. However, they all need to be consistent in order to make a real change in the way that the media reports the news and writes about it. Um, like Jennifer said earlier, I also quoted on, uh, from the article, AP Styles Rad Radical Capitalization Debate, Not So Black and White, which is also written by Cody Wisner, where he mentions that the AP blog post points out their reasoning for capitalizing black and not white. Uh, they quote, for black people, the AP argues that they have a strong sense of one, a shared cultural commonalities. Number two, a shared historical commonalities. And number three, even though there are separate black communities in, for example, America, France, and Jamaica, they all share the experience of being discriminated against for their skin color. Therefore, it is capitalized, end quote. Now, if I was in charge of the Associated Press, I would make sure other writing style guides all agree or come to some kind of understanding to determine what is best for there to be continuity going forward among all journalistic writing. But that's easier said than done. Yeah, definitely. Like like I mentioned, it's it's a it's a tough question and I'm sure a lot of um, analysis and discussion went into it and I think their explanations were very well thought out. Uh, going into our third question. Uh, again, before we, you know, had a chance to read all of the information we did in the last few weeks um, regarding this subject and style guides, were any of you aware of any style guides used in industry other than the AP style? Do you think there should be more style guides and more awareness of them to make media writing more inclusive? Or is the consistency of AP style more important to maintain dominance in media writing practice, at least in the U.S., and uniform, uh, uniformity for the integrity of media and news writing. So I personally was not aware of, um, or I guess I never paid attention to any style guides used 
an industry other than AP. And I actually find this very weird because I've been taking communication courses and I'm almost done with my degree in communications. So I guess not hearing, I guess the other options and the other um, style guides that could be used is, yeah, just, I guess not okay for me. I guess I would just like to know everything that's out there. And, but I guess now reading more into it and learning about the different style guides, I do think there needs to be more awareness to make media writing more inclusive um, to everyone. As I mentioned in the first question, I think that keeping the AP style, but also using conscious, the cautious guide to complement that style and even the diversity style guide or any other style would make a difference and make media writing more inclusive and so in my personal opinion it's all about the audience and I just don't think anyone wants to read the same type of style writing over and over again in different media and news outlets uh uniformity throughout all media writing practice in the end will just be uh, to me just boring so it's better for writers to use the style guys that they feel best suits them as a writer and also their audience who's listening to them as well and let people choose which one they would rather read and which one they can relate to more um some people don't find newspapers interesting, um, so the AP style guide might not be for them. They don't care about grammars and punctuations and stuff, which some would argue that they need that because they need that type of structure, I think, as Jenny said. So, but I'm one to just tell me what I need to know and I will look on social media and figure out what's going on there and I could I guess as long as it's I guess eligible and readable um yeah that's all I really care about so <laughs> yeah for me um seeing material is assigning to um, week two to five, I wasn't aware either of any other style of style guide other than now AP style. Um, I do think that there should be more style guides and more awareness of them, such as like the New York Times style guide. Um, if anybody was curious, it's what New York Times uses to write their um, articles and you know newspapers and things like that. And I feel like for them. Um, reading through like a, a guide that they use and um, seeing how they work with their guide is just really shows how um, this question this question mentions like it makes their writing more inclusive more consistent and it make it allows you to realize um, the effort that they put into their uh, their writings because um, their article they mentioned the time you put into editing reworking and refining turns your first draft into a second and then into a third and if you keep if you keep at it eventually something great the biggest mistake you can make as a writer is to assume that you wrote the first time through was good enough and i feel like that's very important just because you know that the commitment and the dedication they put into just writing an article um not 
just aside from grammar, punctuation, and things like that, it just comes to show their uniform uniformity and um, how the way they they should work. And it's something that we ourselves don't pay attention to. And as Luz, Luz mentions, it's like if you see something on social media and you can read it, you're like, cool, and and you move on about it, or you know, you take your you take your facts, you take your knowledge, and you move on. Versus you don't realize, you know, as again the the effort or the punctuations or the capitalization how big of a change um, that can really make into an an article uh i uh this is a really great point i um actually really liked how luce said that she was surprised that she uh you know that we I, i've been in communication too i've I cannot remember any time with the AP style guide being brought up. And I'm the same thing. I'm close to the end of my degree. I've taken numerous communication classes. And I don't recall ever really learning or going in depth about the AP style guide. Um, I have to say, I probably, you know, just thinking, because I I do read a lot of articles. I mean, if I see anything on social media, I go and I look it up because I, I, I don't trust all the things I read on social media. But that's where I usually see like, okay, what's trending on Twitter? What's the big topic today? Okay, let me go look that up and, you know, find it off of a, you know, a site that I trust. Um, so I guess I reading things, I have to imagine that they probably had some type of format or guideline. You know, just in the back of my mind had to just like know that, but I never knew what it was. Um, I do think that having a variety of style guides is good um and i think i don't necessarily know should there be more because in the article that we read that was provided to us uh that jeremy mentioned the one by uh cody weisner he has a list of easily a dozen to looks like maybe 15 20 different style guides that are used um, you know major style guides I think that's a good amount, um, but of course, everything's changing. You know, the world is constantly changing, and if a new one is needed because one of those does not cover it, I mean, because we have the invention of the you know the diversity style guide and the conscious style guide. I mean, those were added, and now they're very important. So if we come to a point where there is something new that needs to be added and needs to be changed, I think having those added, you know, adding more would be good. I definitely think, I think I would focus more on awareness since, you know, between the three of us so far, Jeremy, I'm not sure yet, but, um, you know, going the way things are looking, the majority of us are not aware of those style guides. And I think that's really what we need to focus on. And with that focus, you know, if you, don't just focus on the AP style. We need to look at, you know, all of them and put a, like I mentioned in my um, earlier remarks, that while the AP style guide, I think, is probably a large quantity of what our awareness needs to consist of, but we need to be aware of these others. We need to know about the conscious style guide and follow its beliefs and its um, overall goals. And, you know, read about that and keep that in mind. Same with the diversity style guide. Um, I don't think the way that it it said that the AP style guide needs to maintain dominance. I like the idea of having a general 
guideline. One that's kind of like your outline for everything. And I think that's the way the AP style guide should be treated. It should be your outline. And then you add in pieces from others as you write your, you know, paper or your article or, or what have you. But I still imagine that that one being, I guess, even though I don't like maintaining maintaining dominance as the appropriate term of what I imagine, but I suppose that's what it would be, is it would be your centerpiece, but you've got so many other you know, dishes and in, in that, you know, metaphor of things that you would put to it. It wouldn't be the only one. I don't think, but I don't know. It, in contrast to you guys, I do look at punctuation as a big thing. If someone has misspelled something horribly, I mean, with spell check and nowadays, I mean, I just, it really, it rubs me the wrong way when something's not, I mean, if I ever make a, just in a text message, if I misspell something, I text right back saying, oh, and with a little asterisk saying, this is what I meant if I was texting too fast. It's for me, that kind of thing is a big deal, but I'm a very, I like, I like rules. I like instructions and I like to follow them to a T when at all possible. And guess what? I don't know a lot of work any style guides in the industry other than the AP style. Uh, the style book has been a staple and essential tool for journalistic writing style for decades. And that it seemed that there were no other options, not even taught or mentioned as an alternative to the AP style. Um, I do, however, think there should be more style guides and more awareness of them to be used for different media outlets, such as internet, social media, or blogs. Um, you know, newspaper writing should maintain the integrity of the AP style but social media and blogs should choose uh, styles that are suitable for their audience. I mean, if I were writing a blog, I wouldn't care to use the AP style. If I were a reporter and conducted interviews and represented a news station, then I would care about the titles and abbreviations and uh, you know the, the, the pyramid structure of, of reporting and everything that the AP style teaches you. However, technology and the way that media and communication is being consumed is constantly changing and so are its audiences. Uh, many are attracted to short information based on articles that recaps only the facts and events, therefore grammar and abbreviation is not of importance. Um, the AP style could be less influential depending on how audiences prefer to, to receive their news. So that's essentially all I had on that subject. In conclusion, today we discussed the AP style guide and their decisions to capitalize the B in black, and maintain the lowercase w in white. We all agreed that the AP style should be the main focus taught. However, there should be significant awareness in teachings of other styles, such as the diversity and conscious style guides that we mentioned. We also remarked on the controversy um, concerning the capitalization of the letter B in black. And we are in agreement that it should have been done. We all think that the effort and change was necessary, but understand that it is only the first step in a long road ahead. Lastly, the majority of us were not aware of the AP style guide in general, or really at all. And all of us were agreed that there should be more awareness of um, style guides. So for you guys and our listeners, 
or for our listeners to learn more about style guides, specifically the AP style guide, we have a link um, in our show notes to the Owl Purdue site that gives you a rundown and a little explanation of how to use it and what their main points are. We also have a link to the Conscious Style Guide and what they're about to learn a little bit more about them. We have a link to the article by Cody Weiser that both Jeremy and I remarked on if you guys would like to read it, as well as a article regarding the diversity style guide so you guys can learn a little bit more information about that. Definitely important to learn about these things. Um, as I mentioned just a little bit before this, you know, the majority of us were not aware of you know style guides. And I think the biggest takeaway that I hope you guys get from this is we need to be aware. We need to know the changes because it does affect our lives. It affects what we read. And as students going out into society soon when we graduate and, you know, depending on what our futures entail, we will need to know about these style guides and need to know how they affect us and what the changes are and how they affect our lives and society and all of those things. So to my, to my co-host, I asked you, you know, since this is our, at least it was my first podcast, yeah, how did you, how do you think it went? Um, what did, what did you guys learn from this experience? Were you guys surprised about anything? What's your, what's your, what's your takeaway? I think my biggest takeaway with everything was just seeing y'all's out, outlook on everything. Um, I think you and Jeremy were more like similar in a way. And um, I guess since I myself and I don't know if you, you Danielle, like knew too much about the AP style guide. Um, I, I mean, I just knew like the basics and that was completely it. But it seemed like you and Jeremy had a little bit more knowledge about it. So y'all could, I guess, relate to it more in a way. But I was more looking at everything and just kind of looking into everything and the different styles that there are. And I guess I just want to tell the listeners that, uh, I mean, now that I hear y'all's explanation, it does make sense. Like, yes, you should use the AP style more, but... I still agree that we should also incorporate other style guides too, depending on what it is. But yes, like certain, like Jeremy was saying, like interviews and um, media outlets, like newspapers and such should definitely keep that, just um, keep the AP style and be completely dominant with that just because, I mean, it is uniformly for the integrity of media so I just want I guess the viewers to keep that in mind and I guess that was my biggest takeaway from this first podcast too was listening to all y'all's different viewpoints so now I can kind of see it in like a different light I mean I still kind of agree with what I was saying but I also agree with what we're saying as well in certain aspects are you done I um I I also just taking away the experience of our, you know, our views of, like, 
things. And um, like Luz mentioned, I feel like Jeremy and Jennifer, y'all were more, I you know, connected to the ideas and y'all were very entitled to the opinions that y'all had versus um, me and Luz, I feel like we kind of did like a broad, like um, we we took our research and, you know, we went with what we what we were thinking and um, our ideas were just really in like a little circle, I guess you can say. But um, it was very interesting. This is my first podcast ever and it's crazy to take away from everybody's point of view and um, I can say we have a lot of diversity in here <laughs> um, with our ideas and to share, you know, I don't know, it kind of just uh, opens up your mind and allows you to realize things that you don't and you don't pay attention to, like a, a magazine or a newspaper or social media and the way you, you take in things and the different sources you have around you that you don't, you know, take advantage of realizing the punctuation, the grammar, and how, how big of a difference those things can make. So for sure, it was it was a fun and interesting experience for me that, um, you know, if, if you have time or like us, the listeners, if y'all have time to go ahead and read into these things, I feel like it's important. I feel like now realizing about all these different styles, it's that's, that's going to be in the back of my head now when I read an article or when I read a newspaper and without, I mean, back then I would read a newspaper and I just think there were just words, you know, written in a paper, but now it's, it's in style, I guess. So I feel like if you have time to read about these styles, definitely look into it. It, it opens up your, you know, your media and your writing experience a little more interesting. Yeah, I definitely agree. It definitely opens your horizons to all of those things. Um, it was definitely enlightening to me as well. And, and listening to you guys, because I, I know we had differing viewpoints. Uh, it was definitely enlightening to hear them. And it, it does. It changes. Like when I was reading the articles, it was why question two was so difficult for me was because you read these different points of view and they both have valid points. Like what you mentioned um, you know, capitalizing everything, uh, loose and it's just, everything has valid points and points like to me, I think very logically it is, it, it just, it makes sense. But a, a lot of the points to me made sense. So it was difficult to pinpoint, you know, a specific answer, but I have to say this is my first, my first podcast too. I actually had a lot of fun. And when you guys both mentioned that, um, you know, you two are kind of in sync, and uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that in our Zoom call, you know, you guys are kind of paired up at the bottom, and then Jeremy and I are paired up at the top. And I was like, that's just kind of fitting, isn't it? Um, but I, I think it was definitely very, very interesting and enlightening. I learned a lot. I had not um, originally considered uh, or thought about, you know, uh, capitalizing Brown. And when I heard you say it, I thought, yes. I said, definitely. And I incorporated it in my answer. I changed it. I mean, that fast. You you changed my mind. And when I heard it, I was like, that, you know, everything that they had, you know, in the article that I had read um, by Weissner, you know, talking about culture, uh, Jeremy, you know, quoted it, the, their re his, you know, the reasoning behind capitalizing black. And I think capitalizing brown, the same reasoning can be applied. And in my mind, it just happened that quick. 
you know, it just, it just made sense. So I think these, this podcast definitely was like nerve wracking coming into it, but I had a lot of fun. I I definitely enjoyed it. Definitely. I'm looking forward to the next one. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Great job. I think everyone did a good job. Uh, This is my first podcast. I didn't know what to expect. I was actually, you know, surprised by everyone's willingness to be so open and honest. You know, we knew what the questions were. We knew, you know, kind of what our answers could be like. However, we do have different backgrounds and I wasn't sure what everyone was going to answer. So I was nervous about telling my own answers. So, you know, it made it more comfortable that everybody was able to just be open and receptive to everyone's, you know, individuality. And and um, I think that, you know, it was cool that we were able to talk about everything and, um it was weird that we all didn't know as much as we thought we knew about the topic at hand. And if we were not taking this one class, if we weren't taking this course, then, you know, would we still not even know about it? You know, for those people that are less fortunate that aren't able to go to college, would that ever cross their minds? You know, if, if, if we're not, you know, handed the tools um, to actually educate ourselves, you know, how many people are still blind to what's happening around us? So, I mean, I think this, the conversation went well. I think it was well organized. Um, I'm glad you guys were opening up uh, your personal experiences. Um, and it's something that I can't wait to see what episode two brings, you know, no matter what the topic is. So great job, everybody. Yeah. yeah and for, for me, um, I'm not sure if I'll be making it to podcast two as this baby comes in two weeks, but I really enjoyed recording this podcast with you guys. And it was so much fun and Hopefully I can record podcast too, too with y'all and learn a little more, gain more knowledge. <laughs> yes. Well, thank y'all for listening. But if not, you know, congratulations and good luck. Thank you.